Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of in-the-trenches, tell-it-like-it-is reality therapy for personal, business, and real estate investing success. With your hosts, powerpreneurs, Angela Thomas and Ron Phillips, it's time to get real. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real podcast. This is Angela Thomas, and I'm here with Ron Phillips. Hey, Ron. Here we are. Here we are. Special, special show today. Love it. Yeah, today awesome. uh, we are here with Todd Toback. Um, he's an active real estate investor and a master at wholesaling. Um, he has over 15 years real estate experience, specializing in acquiring real estate assets below market value. Love that. Um, and I guess he's flipped close to a thousand single family residences. Right, Todd? That's pretty cool. So we're going to learn from Todd today. So welcome, Todd. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thanks. I'm excited to be here and I'm ready to rock. Awesome. Awesome, Todd. Well, I would like to start out. I, uh, I, I know you professionally, but I don't know you super well. So I just, I'd like to start out going back to the beginning. Can you tell me like, where did you grow up and, and what did your parents do for a living? Oh, wow. You're taking me really far yeah, back. Yeah, real far back. Um, I grew up in the most amazing little town called Long Beach, New York. A little island off nice. Long, Long Beach, Island. New York. Okay. Yeah. And it's a half mile wide, 10 miles long. Nice. And uh, it has 16 weeks of absolute glory. <laughs> so if you ever get a chance to travel back. 16 uh, weeks. All yeah, right. 16 weeks of absolute glory. Um, Glory, but I grew up um, in a small little beach town, spent a lot of time on the beach, um, was uh, later in my teen years was an ocean, uh, ocean lifeguard. And that kind of uh, spurned my, uh, not spurned up, birthed my love for the ocean and the water. And uh, actually uh, took me out to California eventually. So we can get into that. Okay. But okay. This um, is, this is. This is weird because Angela's a lifeguard and she's from California. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> you live in California and you're I a lifeguard. I know. I wasn't an ocean lifeguard though because I lived in Napa, but I had two paper routes and then I lifeguarded for like forever, like five years. And, and yeah. I actually lifeguarded at the pool where the um, Raiders trained. So I saw okay. the Raiders in their Speedos swimming. Nice. So, so I, I, I didn't do it in the ocean, but I got some good stuff there. So, there you go. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So anyway, I'm sorry, Todd. I asked you too, like, what did your parents do for a living? Do you mind telling me about that? I just think that's- Yeah. So uh, the, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because the first year and uh, thank you for bringing this up. The first year that I actually tried out for the beach patrol, um, I didn't, I didn't get on and I was uh-huh. like really upset and disappointed. I mean, I remember getting the letter and I was disappointed and my dad like knew how much I, I wanted to get on. He's like, Todd, you know, you've got to, you just got to put in the work. Like you've got to like really, really train hard when no one's watching and oh, you know, cool. everyone else is going to be kind of like doing their thing and going to school and not thinking about it. You just got to show up next year and make it happen. And so, um, my dad was an entrepreneur growing up. He owned various really? businesses. Yeah. He had, uh, really sales organizations. So I don't think I ever told you this, Ron, but he had a magazine company, um, you know, big call center, call caller, cold callers, and they would sell magazines and the renewals. And then later on they sold uh, credit cards to people who recently got rejected, um, for credit cards. Right. So I'm wow, talking dude. About- I mean, this is, this is, 
I, I did not know this about you, but this is really cool because <laughs> this, really cool. what I do know about you is that you are like the sales dude. I mean, everybody knows Todd Toback. Todd Toback is like the, the sales king. He knows how to build sales organizations and he sales negotiation, all that stuff. I mean, that's, that's Todd's, that's where you live, right? So that makes that's where I live. That you grew so, up that way, right? Well, we grew up that way. And, uh, you know, it's funny because my dad at one point said, you know, I kind of want to get out of uh, business and he wanted to get involved in uh, ministry. And so he then started hiring managers to run the organizations. And, um, you know, he took those businesses kind of as far as, as they could go. Um, and I kind of watched him, you know, uh, build these wow. things and um, really get things done through others. Right. I mean, he used to, you know, to tell me always that you've, you've got to hire leaders and pour into them and work with the sales guys and train the sales guys and role play and do it again and again and again and again and again oh until they got it right. Right. And then you'd step out of the office and you know, you'd recharge and then you'd come in and sometimes they were off, off kilter. You bring them back on your role play back again, 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 again. And he used to have these massive parties. And this is something that I got actually that I, this is bringing me back for his people, right? Uh, once or twice a year used to have them big restaurant and hand out trophies to everyone and the loudspeakers and, you know, dance contests. And Oh my gosh, that reminds me of Michael Scott with the uh, Dundies. No, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so that was my, you know, growing up, I, I saw my, Ooh. you know, my dad do that. But the most powerful thing was that, um, you know, we grew up New York Jets fans in, in football and my dad, uh, we used to play football, you know, in the summers, you know, probably for a couple hours, like every day during the summer and just passing the ball. And all the other dads were stuck commuting to New York City. And my dad, the, his businesses gave him the freedom to be able to, to hang with yes. me. And oh, so that's that, so cool. That really uh, left an imprint. And so this Friday is funny. I went camping with uh, my family. And it was a Friday afternoon. It was like 4 o'clock. You know, and, and we were throwing the ball back and forth. And it was just a couple hours earlier. But a lot of the dads were getting to the campsite at like 7, 8 at night. You know, it was kind of getting dark. And I was already you know, there throwing yeah. the ball with my son. So it kind of you know, maybe oh, a lot of gratitude, cool. a lot of gratitude. Oh, that's um, really cool. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, you said you kind of made your way to California. How did that come about? <laughs> so uh, I went to college in Michigan and uh, you know, there's a lot of snow, right? Grand Rapids, uh, oh, Michigan, yeah. four years, got my degree and I just love the ocean so much. I was like, Hey, I want to come out to California and uh, be a lifeguard all year round. Of course you're 21. You're like, Oh, <laughs> this is a great idea. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I drove right. out to California, had $300 in my pocket, had my 12-year-old Labrador Retriever nice. and uh, Mercury Cougar. And in my Mercury Cougar, I remember driving over yeah, the Colorado Mountains. sweet car, dude. Uh, I had <laughs> <laughs> The Coug. I mean, that's what my friends call it, right? The so we're Coug. driving over the, the – the, um, uh, and, and this is the, the, my wake-up call. And I haven't told this story very often. I'm driving over the Colorado Mountains, and, you know, my tranny starts acting up. And I'm like, that does not wow. sound good. Well, of course, like when you're in you know, your late 30s or 40s, you're like, I'm not going to try to continue the rest of the journey. Well, when you're in your 20s, you're like, hey, I'm just going to floor it. And, you know, uh, I don't care what sounds the engines are making, I'm going to make it. So eventually, <laughs> I, <laughs> I made it to California with my half a tranny. Uh, oh, my, my God. Cougar. Half um, a tranny. But the funny thing was, I got out here and, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the beach patrol, uh, you know, I found out like they only hired once a year. 
right? And of course, twenties, mm. you don't really do a whole lot of due diligence before you drive out, which was. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, came out, I came out in January, find out I wouldn't have a chance to get on in the summer, and so I'm like, okay, I've got to get a job, and I've got to get a real job because I've got this twenty seven hundred dollar transmission, and to pay rent out here in San Diego is going to cost me like at least. And this is back in two thousand one. Right, at oh, least yeah. $100 for like a studio. So I'm like, oh, this is yeah. going to cost me real money. So I'm going to get a real job. And so. Uh, okay, you know, so Todd, is that, um, I don't want to interrupt you here, but I read something online about you getting started in real estate investing from selling Viagra. <laughs> does yes. That, does that tie in right here? That ties in. So Jay, um, let's hear one, of my, one of my buddies uh, said, hey, you, know, you should check out pharmaceutical sales. And so um, I got a book on how to get into pharmaceutical sales. Like there's an actual book written on this. This is fantastic. No way. And I did that too. It's so funny. You're a drug rep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is funny. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, I know. For me, I had this, you know, my C degree. So I wasn't exactly like attractive on paper. Right. Um, And so it's like, just hang out in the doctor's offices and find the reps and they get referral fees for, for, um, for referring you. And so I started hanging out and I caught some drug reps and my dad had bought me a suit um, before I came out to California and I caught a rep. He hooked me up with uh, his manager. We hit it off. His name was Derek Clark and um, great mentor. And he hired me. He hired me and, uh, and he hired me for, to work for Pfizer when wow. Viagra was just launched, right? When this was like <laughs> a dream job. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, I'll spare, I'll spare the, 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 um, the jokes, uh, the, the, the Viagra jokes, but I can uh, only imagine your training. Cause man, I had to study up on my painkillers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I mean, it was a ton of fun. There was a movie out there. I forget the name of it, but a movie that came out, um, about Viagra when it first came out and everything <laughs> about the movie was kind of true. And so oh, uh, a, a, a lot of fun, great, but the, you know, all the Viagra jokes, aside about sales being, um, you know, the competition being stiff and sales being way up. <laughs> um, the, okay. the, uh, the training that they gave me there was just phenomenal. I mean, this company was not a pharmaceutical company. This company was a marketing and sales company. Mm. I was also selling Lipitor. They weren't even, they, they didn't even invent Lipitor, right? They actually just market the, uh, this company called Warner Lambert had the drug, right? And they were just a sales machine, but Pfizer got all the credit. So they poured into me when I went in there. And I remember I was two weeks in Irvine, California, then three weeks in New York. Then we worked a week in the field. Dang. Two weeks back in Irvine, another three weeks in New York. Then we worked six months in the field. They sent us back to um, uh, Irvine for another week. And then a year later, we went back to New York for two years, right? And so, I mean, two weeks. But the thing about them is they had us role playing constantly in the video cameras and, and they're like training never stops. It never stops. And they, and they really ingrain that in you from day one. Wow. Uh, well, and, and, hmm. you know, Todd, that's, that's an interesting that's thing cool. in, in business, learning never stops, training never stops, uh, for, for anybody. Right. I mean, I, I think that somehow, uh, out there, people think that once you uh, own a business, you're good. Right. <laughs> Everybody else needs to learn from you, but you, you can stop learning now or something like that. I, I don't know where people get this notion that, um, that somehow you, you, at some point you just make it and you know everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the case, man. 
I know uh, people at, at high levels um, and they're still spending, you know, big, big money on, on training and, and knowledge base and all of that stuff. I know you do. I know, I know I do. Angela does. Yep. We all trying to level ourselves up constantly. Um, and I think that's ingrained in, in a lot of us because of, because of our past, you know, the mm-hmm. three of us have a pretty similar past and um, that's, that's really, really interesting. How'd you get into real estate from? Yeah. From yeah. Tell us about the Viagra to real estate. <laughs> Well, you know, I had a fantastic mentor, right? And then by the way, I really, I think going back to the training really quick, you know, I think sometimes we get out of structure, right? And so we hit a certain point of success and then we get complacent. Yep. And that's yep. a really, really dangerous place to be. At Pfizer, I really thrive because of the structure. Well, with structure and, and, and the size of organizations sometimes comes, uh, and, you know, sometimes the bigger the organization, there, there becomes a lack of um, a wall a glass ceiling that you're not going to be able to break out of. So long story short, I'm up in uh, living in Santa Barbara or uh, a small town called Carpinteria. And, uh, you know, I, I looking at what I'm making and I'm making good money, but I'm like, Hey, I want to make a lot more. And through a series of events, I talked to my boss. I'm like, Hey, I want to double what I'm making now. And you, Angelique, what, what company did you work for? Angela? Uh, it was called Estella Pharma. Okay, well, it might have been it might have been different depending on the size of the company, but yeah, I was like, hey, I got to make. <laughs> Go ahead. No, sorry, it's the same thing. It's corporate. I'm laughing because yeah. I came from a complete corporate world. District manager for Abercrombie and Fitch, and then Estella Pharma, and uh, yeah. yeah. So I know what you're gonna say. I'm sorry. So I was like, hey, I want to I want like at least double what I'm making now. How do I do yeah. it? And so Derek, who loved me and trained me and poured into me, he's like, hey, my man, and he kind of put his arm around me. He <laughs> was like, you just don't understand like the way the corporate world works. Like, I don't want to submit this request. Like you're going to look like an idiot and I want to protect you hmm. from getting too big for your britches. And that was his intention. But I'm like, Hey man, like I appreciate you looking out for me, but this is where I'm going. Right. And I didn't say that to him. I was really embarrassed. Right. And I was like, I felt like he, um, you know, kind of took me down a couple of notches and he wasn't hmm. trying to do that, but he was just telling me the way it was. Yep. So I got in my car and I was driving home on the one-on-one freeway. I was, I was kind of, uh, you know, angry, frustrated, depressed. And I see a Barnes and Nobles on the right-hand side of the freeway. And I remember cutting across three lanes in Oxnard, California. <laughs> Everyone's honking at me and giving me the finger. And something drew me to the bookstore. I walked into the, the, the bookstore and I saw this one book. It's called Multiple Streams of Income. Is it on my thing? It's, it's right oh, on my shelf over here. Book. Multiple Streams. Have you, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, great no. book. It was like my third book I read. So multiple streams of income and there's a chapter in there on just sending out letters to homeowners, right? Mm. Uh, Sending out letters to homeowners and finding a motivated seller. Now this is, this is going to be a really, really cool story. If anyone knows anything about direct mail and finding motivated sellers. So this is back in 2001 or 2002 and lists, pulling a list online did not exist, right? So it said, find an out-of-state owner, find someone lives out of state, and find them uh, where they're motive, uh, and, and if they own their property out of state, um, there, there's a chance that they will be motivated to sell. So I had to go down to the county and literally go through this book of oh 
like <laughs> microfish to find out of state owners. Dude, and you're, I did. you're dating, oh my gosh, both, of awesome. you're dating both of us right now. Most, I don't think most people in real estate have ever even been to a courthouse and been through the, the books or the microfish or whatever. No, it was. if the internet died tomorrow, most of us would be like, what the hell do we do? So, well, that's me, so, so here's the thing. The obstacle is the way. Right. Because yeah. I went down there and it's funny because technology helps us, but sometimes it hurts us. So I went down there with some bagels and some cream cheese and the lady helped me. And literally opening this book, there was so much dust in there. It was like the, that scene out of Ghostbusters when they open the book and they blow and all the dust comes off. <laughs> nice. Right. So this is like a, a total miracle. So I get like it was like 30, 30 to like 60 names. I don't know how many I had, but I literally hand wrote a letter. I photocopied it. You know, I made like 60 copies. Hand wrote the, the, the letters. And I remember praying over the letters before I sent them out. And um, out of the, the, the 30 or 60 letters that I sent out, I got two phone calls. One person was, uh, was kind of unmotivated and another person was, they sounded pretty motivated. So they came down, I met with them. They told me about this condo that they had in the same complex that I was living in. That was the one I, I targeted specifically. Hmm. And they were selling for like 385 at the time. So they agreed to sell to me for 280, didn't have any money, didn't, didn't know what I was doing, you know, just working at Pfizer for six months. <laughs> and um, I asked a bunch of people in my family, they said, no, I'm not going to fund you. Um, the real estate market's about to crash, right? This was in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, finally, my brother-in-law agreed to, do, uh, to, to fund oh, it. Nice. So nice. Uh, we did the deal. We bought it. We sold uh, the condo 30 days after we bought it, sold it for 380. I took home 40, he took home 40. Um, and that was my wow. launch into real estate. That's so cool. That's such a cool story. Wow. Uh, you know what? I love that. And um, so many people fail because they just, they just never start. You know, they yeah. read the same book, Todd, and I mean, how many thousands, I don't know how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people who have read that book or any other book, right? Robert Kiyosaki's book, well, you name the Whatever. book. And then say, man, that was a, that's a really cool thing. And that's pretty much it. Like now, they don't do anything. Exactly. Now I right? know your dad probably had something to do with that. Cause I, I mean, was it scary at all to you that, I, I mean, I know you were kind of mad at, at Pfizer and everything because of the corporate structure and not wanting to give you that huge raise. And, but was it hard for you to kind of let go of that? Did you see that as security that you were letting go to go into real estate? Well, you know, mm -hmm. let, let me talk about something because to get started, right. We all have this inner hustler that we have to have, right. And a lot of people have that this fire that they're going to like, go, 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 go. And you need that to start a business, right. You right. need that to start a business. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, look, you can't, hustling is not going to get you to really where you want to go. But when you're getting out and you're starting, you need this like crazy inner crazy man yes. right, to, to, to get moving. Yeah. Right. And so I remember like reading the book and going to that county, county courthouse and then running the staples and getting the envelopes. I remember the envelopes were too small. And I remember like folding them and then folding them again and then folding <laughs> them again and licking and then writing and the stamp and then, you know, yes. um, and then running down to the post office. Like, you know, I mean, that guy was crazy, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and that's a good thing to get us started. And, and if you're doing your first deal and if you're listening to this and you're broke, you're going to have to find that guy. Right when you want to get to the next level, it's important you have that guy, but 
that guy has to do different kind of hustling activities, right? Not, yeah. not the same kind of, of hustling activities. So um, that being said, I had my salary. I did some deals. Um, but I, now I had that 40K in the bank plus my salary. It actually kind of made me fat and lazy for a couple of years. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So I didn't go full time until four years after that. What was, wow. the, what was the spark that made you do that, man? So here you had inner, inner crazy man who went out there and did this deal because he's pissed at Pfizer. He's not ever going to get to, you know, make what he wants to make. It's very clear that's not going to happen. You go out and you, you hit what most people would, would consider a, a home run, at least a triple on your yeah. first at bat. And then you get lazy for a couple of years. What's the spark that gets the crazy man fired up again? How does it happen? Uh, well, I got, you know, I was married and then, uh, the, uh, I got, okay. So actually here's a spark is that I went and actually got a job in medical device sales, right? Oh. I got a job in medical device sales and I started making like a buck 50. Right. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And I was hustling and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to make what I want to make. Um, so there were some also issues at the medical device company and I'm so thankful for these opportunities, but there was um, issues with back orders. So I was really, really selling, right? And, and doing a, uh, driving up to five, five o'clock in the morning to El Centro from San Diego. And Fallbrook was like an hour and two hours wow. away. Yeah, that's a long way. And making it happen. And then the, what happened was the company was, the, the, there were some back orders. And I realized, hey, you know what? Like, I've got, if I'm really going to break out, like, it's going to be up to me, right? And so I was leaving too much up to other people. Um, in, in these larger companies. And so, and then I had a uh, baby coming on the way and I'm like, you know what? Mm -hmm. So that was the one catalyst is my wife getting pregnant. And of course, um, I knew that the real estate market was about to crash. So, hey, that's a great time to quit your job and go into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. <laughs> so, so Todd, okay. uh, we've got, everybody has their start uh, everybody's start story is a little unique, but they're all, they're all really cool. You know, they're, they're pretty, I mean, that's a pretty cool story. Mm -hmm. um, everybody on here has heard mine. Um, but how do you get from the dude that does a deal and the crazy man hustler to really to be a business owner, which is what it takes to do a thousand deals. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. I hope everybody on, on here goes, holy crap, a thousand deals. That's a lot of deals, Todd. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know, most of the mom and pop folks out there are going to flip, you know, maybe a deal a month if they're lucky a year, right? So to do a thousand, uh, that takes infrastructure, that takes a lot of different, it's, it's, it's a different deal than your first, you know, house or your second house or whatever it is. So tell everybody, this is the Get Real podcast, right? So tell everybody, what does it take uh, f from crazy man status, which you alluded to, everybody's got to have to start to get to running an actual business where you can, where you can do that many deals and, and actually be, make a, a lot of money. Okay. So I've had a really, really great insight. So, uh, I run a coaching program called next level wholesaling. And a lot of these people are that one man operator and they're looking to get to that next level. Right. And so everyone's thinking, okay, so first of all, you're right. You, you cannot do it by yourself. Right. Yep. Um, but you first have to make the commitment to say, I do not want to do this anymore. 
right? You're like, I, I, I cannot be this guy anymore, right? And to get to where I want to go, I cannot continue to do the same things I was doing before and expect a different result. <laughs> yes, right? absolutely. So that's the key. Amen. And so for me, there was a turning point. So I remember I was in bed with my wife and I was stressed out and I was doing deals. Uh, the real estate market was turning uh, uh, or it was it already crashed, but it was like still going down. And I looked at my wife and I was like, I don't want to go to work today, right? But I own the company, right? I was the one man operator. So yeah. from that point, I decided, I made the commitment, I am going to not do this myself and I'm going to bring someone on and I'm going to pour into them and I'm going to let go of all the fears that I have, right? So here's some of the fears if you're listening to this. Uh, I'm going to have a fear that they're not going to do it as good as me. I'm, I have a fear that they can't close. I have a fear that I'm going to create competition. Um, I have a fear because I don't want to train them. Uh, I have a fear that they're going to uh, like ruin my reputation, right? I don't and know Todd, if it's going to work. And Todd, these, yeah, these fears are- you're talking about, I, Angela and I know these fears. We've talked about them. <clears throat> like, it's are not even just so, with hiring. Yeah, it's with everything. Every time we share anything, you have yeah, these same fears, right? I mean, right. Are, so are they, are they legitimate fears? And, and if they are, what do you do with them? Well, here are the fears. First of all, I guarantee you that if you remain a one-man show, all those fears about hiring someone are actually going to come true because your competition is going to eat you alive. Yep. Right. So you, right. you're going <laughs> to yeah. die not by attrition. You're going to die because you're not growing. Uh, yes. The compound effect is taking you down. Yes. You are, you are, uh, a, 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 you are, a tr- there's going to be attrition. It's just that you are going to wear yourself out. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Personal attrition. Right. Personal attrition. So it's funny because I see a lot of people struggling who start out really strong in wholesaling. They're the one person crazy man. And I can diagnose this in like two seconds, Ron. <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, my direct mail is not working. Everything's changed. Right. Right, right. So it's always the right. So it's the market. It's not the same as when you started, Todd. You started in different market conditions, and the stuff you did didn't, doesn't work anymore. The mailer stopped working. My salespeople suck. It's always a whole host of other people's faults, right? That that something's not working. Well, look, market changes, right? I mean, that does, right? But the one thing I can see from that, right, is that something shifted. Well, I'm like, well, did the calls still come in? Yes. Well, did you answer them? you know, in a reasonable amount of time. Well, no, because I'm busy doing this and I'm busy doing that. And I didn't send out the marketing because of this. Right. And so all these other factors, like you expect sales to work when you're the salesperson and you're the marketing person and you're the closer and you're administrative assistant. And eventually like you're going to start to go up. Right. And you're making all the money and you're keeping all the money and you're feeling great. But all of a sudden you're going to start to crash. Right. And so now you go in the reverse. So, when I had this, taking it back to the story, and Ron, let me know uh, if we're going over here, right? Is that when I made that first hire, I made this decision. And I, I started looking for people and through word of mouth, and I found this guy, Brian, who came to work for me, right? And I'm going to take away every excuse anyone has here not to expand and work with somebody else, right? Because you don't have to have an, an employee, right? You can partner with someone. You can JV with somebody. You can, you know, work with a company who can help you, whatever that is, but you can't do it by yourself. So Brian came on. I was a one person show. I had a 400 square foot office in the worst part of San Diego that I spent $275 a month for. And there was a homeless guy in the back that pretty much was like throwing up every Uh, single day you could hear him yakking. (laughs) But what I gave Brian was a vision. And I said, Brian, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to pour into you. I'm going to show you how to close deals. 
So he came in and the only desk that I had for him was this picnic table that I got from Costco from my garage. I opened it up <laughs> and there was literally a barbecue stain on yes. the table, right? And I was like, don't worry, man, we are moving fast. I got it. I scrubbed <laughs> it real quick and, and I cleaned his desk and we got on the phone. I was like, we move, 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 move. And my passion was there. Yeah. Right? So when you've got passion and you're willing to pour into someone, they feel that. You can do a lot of stuff wrong when someone knows that you are fighting for them. And that's what I did for Brian. And so the first three weeks we trained, we role played, we went back and forth. And that first three weeks, you know, the first two weeks was rough because I didn't know how to really train, right? That third week though, I started becoming better. So everything that you suck at being a leader, you actually get much better at being the leader by leading. Yeah. yeah. Right, which is great. So, they, so all this stuff that you didn't have the confidence about, right? Um, like I just blasted through. So I found, and by the way, my hustler started to die in between that time that I first did that first deal, right? Until yeah. the time I hired Brian. So like I got soft and I didn't want to answer the phone. I didn't want to do things and I was clouded. As soon as I made that shift and had that courage again, the fire was back, right? Nice. That third week, he locked up a deal. I ran up there um, and uh, it was a hoarder house and we made like, I don't know, you know, this is the Get Real podcast. I was going to say 47. It might have been 30. Uh, might have been 30. <laughs> Thank you for that honesty, man. It might be 37. Here's yeah. what I know. It was in the high, th at least the high 30s. It might have been in the 40s. Nice. Right? So, you know, that, and that changed everything. That changed everything. And so um, I knew from then, by the way, like that, after that deal, I locked up probably six houses since. Brian locked up that deal. Right. Well, that was it, like the, go ahead. It, because it feeds itself, right? I mean, yeah, the, the, and it, it, yeah, you're, made that you're fire pouring into it. him and then he, his success pours right back into you. It's a reciprocal thing. Um, and when you're, when you're building your team, um, I think the other really key thing, Todd, is you said something that was really, really important is that you're pouring into someone to help them, to build them up. Um, that's where I was going to go, Ron. You took it from me, Man. right? You can't, you can't <laughs> use people. There's a big difference between using people to benefit yourself and pouring into someone to benefit them, which in turn also benefits you. There's a big difference there. Um, yeah. and the people can feel it. And that's what you were talking about, Todd. Like they, Brian could feel not only your passion, but most likely your genuine, um, desire to help him grow. Uh, yeah. and, and, yeah. and that is a reciprocal relationship that works really, really well. Um, and it, and it's, yeah, it's just symbiotic. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. So one more note on that, uh, Todd, you said you were pouring all that into Brian and giving of yourself. I'm just guessing here. I don't know what your next level wholesaling and your closing secrets are and all that, but I'm guessing you poured a lot of that into your customers too, right? Into the people that you were buying houses from. Is that a part of your system? And did that help lead you to success? You know, building up the people that are actually, you know, your well, customers. Yeah. So we deal in a lot of distress. I mean, I, a, a lot of distress. And so San Diego right. is hyper competitive. I mean, it is, it is nuts. So one of the ways our niche that we found was the only reason it's gotten more and more and more and more and more competitive. This is the get real podcast, right? So our direct mail was like our return was going down. At one point we were making like 20 times what we make, right? And now it's down to like five. Oh man. Yeah. What we make, right? So it's 20% of our marketing budget, right? But 
even five is good. Well, one of the reasons why we've done is that we've been work, you, you'll work with people for, for eight months, a year, year and a half. And so you'll close deals that you've stuck with, right? And so we've poured yep. into those people and been patient with them. And so you've built trust and rapport during that time. And so we've gotten deals by sticking with it and taking the long view on those. So yes. That's great. That's yeah. That's what so we Dr. try to do as well. It's awesome. Sorry. Go ahead, Ron. Dr. You're also, um, you're very, very good. Um, uh, probably because of this, um, what you learned through building your business, you're really, really good at helping other people figure this stuff out, um, and pouring into them. And you've created a, you've created a business around that too. Tell us a little bit about the business that you've created. So, I mean, I'm, I follow it and, yeah. um, you know, I, I, uh, I comment online on your stuff. Um, it's, it's fantastic training. A lot of it you just give away. Um, but I know you have a, when you have a group where you're, you're helping uh, entrepreneurs who want to do this business actually figure out how to do it in a, in a shorter amount of time. You're compressing the learning because mm-hmm. you've, you've, you've had all of these years experience of actually helping people do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you, you, you have another company that actually does this. Tell us a little bit about that and how it works and, um, and you know, the success that you're having, cause it's, it's a big, big deal. It's growing like crazy right now. Sure. Well, I think the, the, the biggest thing is uh, I, I have found that there's, there's education associated with it. It's called nextlevelwholesaling.com, by the way, if you go there and you have a current wholesaling business and you're listening to it, or if you're thinking about getting into it and you're like, hey, I don't want to be that one-man operation, right? This teaches you how to become a leader from day one, right? And so, you, and, and you hire before you think you're ready, right? So, at first, yes. you know, when, when I first started coaching is just like when you start coaching, you're not that good, right? You know, and so, at first, we were baby. <laughs> get real podcast, right? Yeah. And <laughs> so, you're like, not hey, that great. hey, uh. When you're ready and when you have 50K in the bank, then you're ready to make your first hire. Like at first we were treating everyone with like kid gloves, right? Yeah. And then we're like, "Uh uh-uh. You're like, you're struggling because you're doing everything yourself right now. Hire someone right now, pour into them, give them everything you have. And, you know, it's going to work if you give them 100%. So ironically, uh, the the first couple of weeks we have them cut, uh, we try to get them to cut 60 or 70% of the marketing expenses, right? Because most people are wasting that. And they're not looking at the numbers. Get real podcast, right? I, I spent a number of years <laughs> sloppy, Sweet. right? Yeah. Uh, um, so we teach people how to do that. And then after they cut, you know, 50, 60% of their marketing budget, we teach them um, how, to, how to hire somebody right away. And, but mm-hmm. the, the most important part though that I realized that help, helps people get success faster than anything is the environment, is the environment being around other people who are doing the same thing. So if you're like, hey, I want to build a team, but you're in a room full of hustlers, it's going to be very difficult for you to now and go hire people. Very difficult because you have no social influence, no pressure. It's easy for you to get sucked right back in your comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. So in next level wholesaling, right? And we, we have a couple of things, little terms that we're developing. You know, we call them lion leaders and lion habits, right? We're always recruiting. You feel this upward pressure now to not do anything yourself. If someone's like, hey, I hustled out to this house. We're like, what are you doing there? Right? <laughs> That's awesome. Right? And so yeah. the, the, the environment that we've created now is a bunch of people who now know that they need a new skill, a new level, and now become a leader 
instead of a hustler. And so the way that you have to hustle now is I need to be out there. I need to be podcasting. I need to be doing Facebook Live. I need to be spreading my message so now that I can attract the best people into my world and pour into them. And now we can expand out together. And, and, cool. and yeah. Todd, you and I have had conversations ad nauseum about my loathe for the whole hustle and grind thing. I mm-hmm. think, I mean, there is, a, there is a time and a season which you have clearly stated, which I agree yeah. with, man. When you, when you first start a business, if you are not hustling and grinding, you will never, ever make it work. I mean, you, right. have, to, you have to be the crazy man like you described it. Yeah. But there is a point where the hustle and grind just wears you down and you become a, like a robot or you just get out of the business because it right. turns into hell. And I, I can't stand that there is such this push on social media to just be the hustle grind 365, dude, just, you know. Yeah. So I'm, it, it's refreshing when there are people like you who are out there teaching the real, this is the real side of business. That hustle yeah. and grind thing, that's not real. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for a lot of people out there, it's their reality right now. And they don't know how to get out of it. You're not even effective. You're not even effective for 14 hours a day or 12 hours a day. I don't even think eight hours a day you're effective. And let's get real for just a second. All these people who say that they work 18 hours a day, seven days a week, that's just such crap. Half of it you're wasting on whatever because because you're right, Todd. No one can work that many hours and and be... Hey, Todd, you haven't read Hustle and Float, have you? (laughs) No, I've not. Okay, I've, Ron has neither. It's not an audio book yet. I'm sorry, it's new. No, so I have to won't. actually like read it, which so is. So Ron cr- won't. That's the. <laughs> but, it's a good uh, podcast, folks. I'm not I'm not going to lie about it. I'm not. No, but there's. <laughs> I know. I know. There's all these studies in there though about how the eight hour a day. Um, you know, work schedule was created for physical laborers. That's how long you can go in a physical job, but a job where you're using your mental um, skills and creativity, it's more like three to four hours. And that's with breaks in between that you're actually effective. Right. And so increasing our productivity um, is more about how to create the right balance between hustling and floating, hence the name of the book. Um, and most of us aren't in those physical type jobs. So you have to figure out how to be the most effective with your max three to four hours of creative time that you really yeah. have. So well, anyway, you know, just, so let me say this. So, uh, we just hired a new sales rep, right. And, uh, we brought her in and we had, we had like two days blocked off. Right. And so I, I felt like we were kind of hustling, right. We got there early and we had breakfast and we did the role play and that, you know, that is, that is, uh, draining. Right. But it's very, very, I felt like we were hustling like yeah. at that time. But at the end of the, the, the first day, I mean, like three o'clock, as, as soon as I, I saw the energy, you know, wearing down, I was like, hey, we're going to take, you know, a 45 minute break and we're going to hit it hard for the next hour. Right. And, you know, the same thing, like two days, there's a time to hustle, right, to move and yep. to make that happen. But and, and to to take action, let's say on hiring someone and training, like that's okay to hustle. But mm-hmm. I think you also have to learn, like when you're hustling, that can be in short periods of intense. Right. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Exactly. Like right now, I feel like we're hustling. 
like we're moving. There's a lot of energy. In yeah. There, right? All right. right. You know, and, for, like, um, for like 30 to 40 minutes, we can do this. Uh, I know. Yeah. I if know. it goes any longer than that, then I'm going to, I'll go to sleep over here yeah. somewhere. And, and, okay. Well, I, that's just a really interesting topic. So thanks for sharing about yeah. that. Real so talk, quick. How do you get past? Oh, shoot. The, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> go ahead, Angela. No, I was going to switch gears. If you're still on the same one, you better ask gears. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was switching gears too. You better okay. switch wherever you're going or I'm going to switch. Okay. No, so I don't know how much we have to say about this, but I saw the term of virtual wholesaling somewhere on one of your websites. And I was just curious if you could tell us what that is. <laughs> sure. Well, virtual wholesaling, I, mean, I don't care, you know, um, really you know, how you coin it, right? But one of the things when you talk about virtual is I haven't been out to a house that we've bought or sold in years, except if I was doing it for marketing purposes to like, to, to talk about our coaching program. Right. Okay. So, okay. you know, like I have not met with a seller. I have not, um, uh, I haven't sold, uh, I met with our buyers, right. Because most of it now the speed of business, you don't need to do that. Right. So our sales reps have locked up deals, uh, in person, right. So you can call that virtual cause I'm not doing it. Right. But, <laughs> uh, on the other hand, we've locked up deals in other markets without seeing the house ever, right? And so we've set up systems uh, to be able to do that. So in San Bernardino and Riverside, you know, we never went out to those houses. Everything was locked up over the phone. And so we set up systems to buy the houses and then sell them without having to do that, right? We did the same thing in Cleveland and Ohio. We decided not to stick in those markets for a number of reasons. We stayed in California, but all that we learned how to do virtually with sales reps over the phone and building the right team. So if you want, I can take you through that process yeah. real quick um, on how we did that or take the interview in another direction. Yeah. What do you think, Ron? Do we have time for that? Hmm. Um, let's just really quickly, like, tell us how you would, tell, tell us how the structure is for that, Todd. And then. Like where you I teach it, really where can people. That, yeah. Because uh, here's what I, here's what I know. Here's what I know, Todd. And I, I think you will, I think you'll echo that, uh, echo this is that, um, if you're a person that wants to go to the next level, like you said earlier, you're going to have to, you're going to have to level up who it is you're hanging around. Mm -hmm. In other words, you've got to get around people who already know how to do these systems. I mean, we could, we could do probably 10 hours on this uh, online over several days and teach yeah. all of the aspects of this, but no one's really going to go do it unless they're hanging around or they're in some kind of a, of a group where they have other people who can associate with their problems and their challenges because they're different than the crazy man challenges. Right. You know, they're, it's, it's a different deal to create all of the systems and everything that, that you're talking about and then run them and then manage them. Mm -hmm. That's all different. There's a, there's a complete different thing from, from building a business like you were talking about from where it goes up. And then in order to keep it going up, you have to learn how to manage, to, to put in systems and then manage systems. Yep. Just really briefly kind of talk about the systems, talk about what it takes to actually do this. Because I think there's a lot of people on here who think wholesaling is this crazy man thing. And then a lot of them are probably doing crazy man. And they're thinking right now they're going, okay, maybe I could do this this business thing, but what does it look like? And how does, how does one actually go about making the transition into that? Um, yeah. Walk us through that real quick. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is like, when we talk about like the crazy man wholesaling, right? You could stick that, the, the word crazy man in front of any business owner, right? So you can be yeah, like the crazy absolutely. man, doctor, crazy man, carpet cleaner, crazy man, hot dog stand owner, right? Um, yep. You know, all of those things. 
And so, um, A, there's got to be a decision that you're like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore, right? Two is the acceptance that I need a new set of capabilities, right? Okay. I need a new set of capabilities. So the beauty of this, this is one thing I really had to learn, is when you're a one-man show, you don't answer anyone. And so if you're not leading in the best way, nobody sees that, right? And so the only one who's affected is your bottom line, right? Mm -hmm. And so the other thing is that the whole leadership thing is your people are watching you, right? They are watching you and they will do what you do, not, not do what you say. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Right, and so that one was a really, really hard one for me to learn. Um, That's so, great. You know, so part of that is number one set uh, is bringing people on, casting a vision, right, and, and, and showing them what they want. Number two is pouring into them and letting them know that you care for them. That is huge, and they feel that, right? Now, it does not mean that yep. you have to be there an hour, eight hours a day or nine hours a day, but when you're bringing on key people, right? They want to see you pouring into them a half an hour to an hour a day initially, right? You giving them some of your juice, right? Because yep. there is a reason why they're coming to you. There's a reason why they're not opening up their own company. They want a piece of you and it's your job to give it to them. Now, at some point, there's going to be a new level where you're like, Hey, I, you know, I can't hire these people. I can't train these people, right? Well then at that point, that's fine, but you better pour into the guy that's going to do that for you. <laughs> yep. Right. So that's, so we, the, the, I don't the know if everybody, know if everybody caught that, but that's three levels, right? We have crazy man level and then you have business owner level. Yeah. Uh, ish. Now, right. You've got like uh, team build. I call the team, team the team builder, builder level. Team and, builder then you've level. Got, and then you've got business owner level, right? So there's yeah. three levels there. Um, and each one of those takes a different skill set. And the wealth creator is four, by the way, wealth creator is four. You know, you're nice. That's on the outside. So, you know, <laughs> we can end there if you want. No, so that's how, great. How does, how does a person, um, how do the people who are listening to this go, um, okay, I am this person and I, I, I'd like to make the commitment to actually do this, but I need some help. Um, that's what your company does uh, mm -hmm. is, is help people like that. And that's, that's where you've built this community where people support each other as well, which I think is mm -hmm. phenomenal, um, by yeah. the way. Um, Nextlevelwholesaling.com is right now we're working um, with, with, with wholesalers. Um, there's been some talk about uh, possibly expanding that out down the line, but right now our niche is working with, with wholesalers, people who uh, want to either start out a wholesaling business and know from day one, right, that they want to operate a business and they don't want to be hustling. They have to have that mindset. There's no right. like, hey, we're going to teach you how to do your first deal yourself um, or people who have an existing wholesaling business and want to um, get out of that hustle and grind immediately. So nextlevelwholesaling.com, there's an assessment that, that you can take uh, totally free. It'll spit out a score in the four core areas of your business, marketing, uh, acquisition, how you get the properties, disposition, how you sell them, and then cash flow and accounting, right? How much money you're actually oh, keeping. So, so. <laughs> okay, that's okay. great. <laughs> that's okay. a whole other podcast. That's uh, awesome. Oh, sorry, what's your podcast called again? Well, go to nextlevelwholesaling.com. Okay. I'll, I'll send the Get Real podcast. Okay. Oh, thank you. Cool. And then, uh, Todd, I want to wrap up, actually. Could you give everyone listening to this, like, three quick action items? Like, what can they do right now besides visiting your website, of course, which is awesome? What action items can they take if they want to level up? Uh, right now, make a commitment to make your first hire. So, what I would do is take a look and say, hey, where is 80% of my time? Or, uh, 80, or even if you've tried to hire some people and it hasn't worked out, right, it's your fault. If you're listening to this, it is your fault. It's always <laughs> your fault. It. 
right? So either you made the wrong hire or you didn't train them well enough, right? Or you didn't put them in a or position both. to succeed. So, or, or, or both. And I've done all those. So don't worry. I'm not judging. Um, that's the only reason why I'm qualified to speak on this topic because I've made this mistake many, 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 many times. <laughs> okay. um, all right, cool. But um, go out there and make that commitment. Number two, this is the probably uh, uh, something that I, that I wish I would have done very, very early. You want to set out crystal clear expectations of what you want this person to do. Mm, what you, you want this person to do, right? And then what I want you to do is word it in a way, and I learned this from Dan Sullivan, okay? Um, he, I'm getting coached by him now. And he talks about, okay, this person would be my hero if... And you write down five or six things. This like pulls the emotion out, right? Wow. I would get really frustrated if, and you list those, right? Our end result after six months would look like X, Y, Z, right? So we're using that tool in our business and it eliminates like 75% of meetings. You know, 75%. I don't know if everybody, everybody should... Yeah, write that Rewind down. Rewind right now and listen to that tip. <laughs> that's that tip alone um, is worth a fortune. Oh, that's um, awesome. Thanks. Uh, having been through a ton of hires and... <laughs> oh, forget it. I mean, <laughs> doing it's like it wrong fact. And doing it wrong. Uh, that is, that's brilliant. That is gold. Sullivan. I mean, the it's second not... Thing that, second thing Todd said there that everybody should take away is that, you know, Todd, who's done thousands of deals, is a fantastic, is a phenomenal builder of human beings and of businesses, has a coach. I have a coach. Uh, people who are, I mean, people who are at the top of their game have coaches. And, um, and if you want to level up, you've got to get one too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, I mean, there's, there's four nuggets right there that are really, really solid, Todd. Um, yeah, that was great. Man, it's been a, it's been a packed, it's been a packed I know. Um, was yeah. that number two or did we get to number three? Hmm. I think that was three. And then was I it? Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, three is I, if you're worried about like the cash flow and the money, um, get resourceful and make it happen. Because I guarantee you, if you don't do it and you're feeling the pain, uh, you're going to have a cash flow problem, right? And it's hmm. going to be way worse than the one of hiring yeah. <laughs> this yeah. person, right? So, um, you know, that's, that's the case in 99% of this right? Either partner or get someone to work on commission or, you know, take yeah. a chance and pay a base out for a few months, right? Um, you're going to see the return if you pour into that person, right? Sweet. Do it. The number one investment that you could ever make is in people. I love 100%. it. Thanks. Thanks, Todd. Thanks so much for being here with us. We really loved having you. Um, and everybody that's listening, thanks for listening. And once again, um, Todd's website, if you want to go check him out, is nextlevelwholesaling.com. Um, and then also, uh, you can visit us on getrealestatesuccess.com. Let us know your feedback on the show, any questions you have, um, and any future topics you may hear about or want to hear about. Thanks, guys. See you next Todd, time. Appreciate it. Bye. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.